Welcome to the weekly podcast all about turning the great American RV adventure into stress-less camping. Each week we explore tips, tricks, ideas, and destinations and talk to the happiest campers in the RV world. Pull up a seat at the campfire as we enjoy some stress-less camping. Welcome to the campfire. I'm Tony. I'm Peggy. And we are two RV industry veterans who travel part-time in a small trailer that we're replacing. Oh, right. <laughs> Looking to sh- Wait a minute. Looking to share big adventures and help you with great tips, tricks, and discounts. Yeah, so remember in February when we had to replace our trailer because <laughs> it got totaled? Well, and then remember in May when we got a brand new Rockwood Mini Light 2205S? And then remember a month or six weeks ago when we got rear-ended? Guess what? We're getting a new trailer! <laughs> so this is going to be an ongoing conversation we don't know all yeah. the details yet, and in a probably two or three weeks, we'll have a whole story to tell. We're just trickling it out to you little bits at a time. So <laughs> As we know it. Because people keep asking, so this is what we know right now. The insurance company has decided that the trailer is totaled, and yep. so we are talking with Rockwood, and we are ordering our new travel trailer, and... No, we, I ordered it today. Oh, all right, then. So it's, uh, it's scheduled <laughs> for production. In the meantime... We luckily, <laughs> luckily, since we won't have a travel trailer, we now have a home again. Yeah, our that's sticks true. and bricks. We, we are, are now here. getting settled into our house in New Mexico, which we are just digging. We really like it here, and we can see the balloons at Balloon yes, Fiesta. Yes, we got from here our just yard. in time for Balloon Fiesta, which is nice. Before we go on, though, I want to encourage you all to go look at our shopping page because. You should see the tumbler that's available for a limited time only. Yeah, you enjoyed the last limited edition tumbler so much that when we were at Peggy's grandma's 100th birthday, we got to sit with Rebecca and we designed a very special limited edition one just for October, which is the home of our favorite month. We don't want to give away any more than that. But, right. uh, so go check that store out and stay tuned in the future for more stories about our mini light. And by the way, if we're echoey, it's because although we are in the house, I haven't found the rugs. Yeah. Yet. I mean, we so, have, so we are surrounded by boxes at yeah, the moment. Boxes and hollow. crates. It's a little hollow other than the boxes, but, but we found the roadcaster. So yes. we used to record on a, like a, digital studio device called a roadcaster when we were on the road we didn't take it with us well we unboxed it and here it is that's right i can see the big red button so i'm not wondering if we're recording (laughs) yeah this thing is pretty slick we like it anyway and it's the better mics too so hopefully some of the lousiness of the echo is compensated by better audio quality who knows we we appreciate you listening and hopefully you're not wanting to gouge out your ears or something because that's never good <laughs> so as we said it is the week of balloon fiesta in albuquerque and we have some amazing guests this, yeah, this week has been so this cool. was such a delight to talk to these two ladies and of course we will let you hear from them in a moment but first we want to tell you we are actually here at the albuquerque balloon fiesta with joel from harvest host who we're going to have as a guest in the near future but we've had a lot of people say well i like harvest host but how do i know if there's a good location near me and that is a legitimate question you don't want to spend the money on a harvest host membership even though we do have a discount for you that's right it's less money (laughs) right but still it's totally a fair question of how do i know if i'll be able to use it if it's if there are locations where i travel yeah which is uh, again completely legitimate well we talked with the harvest host people and so now when you go through our link on stresslesscamping.com on the discounts and deals page, there is a limited time where you can actually see all the hosts. So if you're thinking, well, gosh, you know, maybe I should try this, but what's around or what's where I want to go? Well, you can use that link now to test the waters, as it were, and see if there are awesome hosts near you. And, and we have been 
huge fans of Harvest Home. Absolutely, yeah. And But this is a really great feature that, as Tony said, if you don't want to make the commitment because you don't know if there are, you know, and, and it is, sometimes there are locations where there's not a host nearby. And that's, or you just so don't want to go to certain Or ones. not places, right. And so this is going to be really, really great that people can go in and they can have a limited time to go and I mean, five minutes would be helpful, right? Just no, to but see. It's more than that. I know, but I'm just saying, just to see where dots are all over the U.S. and have some kind of an idea. But this is going to be more than five minutes. Yeah. The other neat thing, you know, for Harvest Hosts, I've heard other people say, "Well, it's just wineries." Not true. No, not at all. There are. Oh gosh, we stayed at an alpaca farm, and we've stayed at train museums and just all kinds and of car cool museums stuff. car and museums yeah, and lots mean, of breweries but again yeah. if that doesn't appeal to you you don't have to go there it's just what we look for right well i've also found that even if you don't want to drink beer breweries tend to have great food food yeah so you know you spend the night but if you like the beer well heck you could just <laughs> just go right back to your rv after you're done tasting all the wonderful beers right. which we've done a time or two a time or two yeah so the balloon fiesta so if you're not familiar the balloon fiesta in albuquerque has been happening now for 50 years this is their 50th anniversary so this morning i actually was listening to the live feed on facebook and the 50th anniversary off usually would mean you've been let's just say in marriage because it's easier to relate to their 50th anniversary means you've really been married for 51 years right because year zero or the year you were born is year zero so if you're 50 years old you've technically been on the earth for 51 years well it just so happens that because of 2020 when they didn't have a balloon fiesta this is their 50th fiesta and it's also the 50th anniversary so it is 50th anniversary and 50th year which is I don't know. I I guess Tony's looking at me like that's not interesting, but (laughs) I found it to be a little interesting tidbit of information. So, (laughs) well, so a few interesting things about the Albuquerque balloon fiesta. It started with just, you know, 13 balloons gathering and going up in April. And since then, it's moved a number of locations and dates and is now held in balloon fiesta park in October in Albuquerque. And typically the weather is really good here at this time of year. Uh, It happens this year, there's a lot of rain. Yeah. And weather heavily affects crowds and the overall experience. Like this morning, no balloons going up. No balloons going up. Yeah. And the other thing that they were talking about is someone asked if this was the wettest year and it's the year with the most days of rain, but it's not the year with the most volume of rain. I'm just a wealth That's of information today. Yeah, huh? boy, aren't you? See, at least you said so, that one was interesting. It was. So here's <laughs> here's something I think is interesting. Apparently, I think there are 687 balloons here this year. And the way they go up is they set this grid on this huge field. There are four balloons to like a square. So they let 120 balloons up at a time. And it's from a distance, you know, it looks like those balloon releases of the little you know balloons that you have in your hand but it's instead these giant balloons that people are in so that that just it's really spectacular it is it's it's great from our house which is like 10 miles away because we can see the balloons and the mountains and the and everything it's very beautiful but it's also an experience that i feel like everyone should have once in their lifetime is to just be there on the field and what and just in full size just see it happening it's so spectacular and you might wonder well why are we talking about the balloon fiesta on an rv podcast and it's very relevant there is a ton of RVs here. So they have yeah. this ginormous field and it's just where RVs congregate and you do have to make reservations, but there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of RVers here. And so it, it is an RV event every bit as much as the Quartzsite RV show yeah. or any other big event that draws our viewers from all over. And actually this morning, we also saw some live feed from the field talking to La Mesa RV. So there's actually some new RVs here for sale. Yeah. (laughs) And so you might also wonder why Albuquerque? What is the draw of Albuquerque and balloons? Well, Albuquerque is known for semi-predictable 
winds known as the box effect Mm -hmm. and that's where the wind conditions you know the way you control a balloon and you'll hear more from the pilot but the way you control a balloon is you go up and down that's pretty much what you got so if you know consistently the winds are blowing let's say west at a certain altitude and east at another altitude you can go back and forth based on those Right. So you go (laughs) up as far as you need to, to go West. And then when you're done going West, you go up as far as you need to, to go East and you get back to your starting point and let yourself go down and you made a box. Yeah. So the box effect is something Albuquerque is known for. So under ideal conditions, balloons can go multiple times back and forth. And an interesting thing also, the balloon fiesta pays for the lodging and the propane yes. for these balloons. So that makes it a way more appealing and affordable hobby or I, I don't know if it's a profession, but hobby for sure, because you have to, of course, buy your balloon and you have to maybe find a crew and all that. But the great thing is if you're when you're at Fiestas, a lot of them pay for the fuel and that is a huge yeah. expense. Right. So other things that are happening this year, there are several times where there's a drone show. If you happen to see the 2017 Super Bowl halftime show, it's like that. It's a whole 3D. It's an incredible thing. So they do that several times. So if you're listening to this when we release it on Thursday, there's still a chance to see that. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, There is also (laughs) an evening glow. What that is, is they basically, once it gets dark, they fill the balloons with air and then they use the blowers in them that's probably not what the things are called right they light the fires they light the fires but they don't use enough fire to make themselves lift up so they don't lift up in the evening they only lift up in the morning but they use the fires into the inflated balloon or envelope as we've learned yeah and it's like a thousand candles being lit big, at big, one big, time. Big, big, big candles. So it's really, really pretty. Again, that's selected evenings and it's going to depend on weather. So, yeah, boy. Another thing that really fascinates me is a growing hobby of radio controlled balloons. Yeah. So they are actually anticipating setting a world record for the number of RC balloons and the air at any given time. Now, these radio control balloons aren't as large as the regular balloons because they don't hold people, but the pilots still have the same controls. They can control burners and height and all of that, and it's actually a growing hobby, and it means you don't have to go up in it. Now, there are people who want to go up in the balloons, lots of those, <laughs> lots and of there those. are a few who don't, right. like me. <laughs> Another thing that's new this year are called skyboxes which are basically shipping containers but you can get above the crowds and they estimate over seven hundred thousand people are going to be here wow the skyboxes ain't cheap it's five grand wow but you can be out of the wind or rain or super hot sun depending on (laughs) yeah what's going on so that's good and then one other thing i don't know if you've heard you know it's terrible getting there it's terrible parking well they have significantly upgraded their parking so now their different sections are named after looney tune characters (laughs) and so you can when you get to your space you can mark your location on the balloon fiesta app and then you'll know where your car is when you're done (laughs) watching the balloons yeah absolutely so Anyway, uh, we have two guests this week. One is a balloon pilot, and the other is a part of a ground crew. So without any further ado, let's listen to them. Today, we are at the Balloon Fiesta in one of the campground sections with my friend Robin Laws. Robin and I meet at a lot of FMCA conventions at (laughs) uh, morning exercise classes. So Robin, thanks for spending a little bit of time with us. We are going to talk to Robin about being on a chase crew. That's right. Thank you for having me today. And the chase crew, if you're not familiar, you are chasing the balloons when they come down because that's not always an exact science. That's right. I'm from the aviation field where the fixed wing aircraft and airplanes land on a runway. Hot air balloons do not land really anywhere specific. They land wherever the wind blows them. So that was a new experience for us. 
So tell us more about your background in aviation and your Instagram. Talk about your Instagram a little bit so sure. people can find you. Well, my name is Robin Laws, and I have been in aviation since 2004. I am a trained pilot. I am a single-engine, multi-engine flight instructor, which means I can teach people to fly a single-engine airplane, a multi-engine airplane. I can teach them to fly through clouds. My husband and I both met in civilian flight school, and so we are both pilots by trade. My husband now works for the major airlines. I am flying the house. I'm a stay-at-home mom right now. <laughs> and I am an aviation enthusiast, and right now I am working on mentorship and just overall anything aviation-related I love to be involved in, which is how we got to Bloomfest. Awesome. Are you also a full-time RVer? We are full-time RVers. We have been full-time since April of 2020, so just about two and a half years now. We got into it for roughly six to 12 months as we were changing. We were Dulles-based at the time, and my husband was gonna change jobs with his airline. And so we were like, well, you know, let's just hit the road for a few months and just, you know, see the country a little bit. Long story short, we loved it. Two and a half years later, we're still on the road. Excellent. Wow, that's fantastic. Now, how did you get to the ground crew here at the Balloon Fiesta? How did that come about? So a friend of mine named Ryan was uh, a student of mine at a space camp that I used to teach at. And we've always been in touch just through Facebook and through social media. I posted on my personal Facebook page that we were gonna be coming to Balloon Fiesta. And he said, hey, I know a guy, so you should probably be in touch. So I said, well, does this friend know that I'm going to call, because I will call him? And he said, yes, he's expecting your call. So he got me connected with a crew, a crew called the Clutch Crew. And I think their website is www clutchcrew.com and the way they got their name is they were always there when they were needed. So they are a balloon recovery crew and their whole team came together because they just like to chase balloons together. And so they said, you're always there in the clutch. And what they nice. meant is they're right where they need to be. And so they yeah. call themselves the clutch crew. They continue to gather family and friends and other random people that they meet through other people. And that's how we got connected with this crew. Okay. Yeah. And I just did, you asked about my Instagram. I have an Instagram named B G Barnstormer and I did a video on there just the other day of chasing with the clutch crew and you asked why I'm called BG Barnstormer. Right. So that is a collaboration. It's like my pen name, my nickname that I write under. B is for Birdie. My name is Robin. My older brother called me Birdie growing up so that's kind of a nod to my brother. G is for galleta, which is cookie in Spanish. Right. And my kids love to call me cookie. I like to eat cookies. I like to make cookies, so they call me galleta. And so that's the BG. And then Barnstormer, in the 1920s and 30s, a Barnstormer would perform aerial stunts or at air shows. And a Barnstormer would travel from place to place to perform. In our case, we are full-time RVers. We are full-time in aviation. We love flying. We love traveling. And so Barnstormer, that's kind of everything that we are, is the BG Barnstormer. And do you do aerial stunts? Not yet, <laughs> but that is actually one of my next. I would like to do some aerobatic oh, training. So cool. I have flight instructed for over 15 years, and aerobatics is on my short list of things that I want to do next. So That's I'm awesome. wanting to take some lessons. Um, I've done a little bit of it. I love loops, rolls, spins, dives, all the things, just not recently. So I'm wanting to get back into that. Nice. Yeah. So if you check out my Instagram, I just did a reel of the chase with the Clutch crew, and I attempted to try to catch all of the pieces and parts of that chase but it was my very first chase and I know that's what you guys are going to be talking about today yeah <laughs> yep. for people who are RVing whether it's full-time or part-time and most of you I mean we've talked about the balloon fiesta a lot because we got to come here last year and actually camp in the campground this year we're camping at home <laughs> but we still love to see the balloon fiesta and come and visit and and hang out with the other campers and so as RVers this is like kind of one of those destinations that's on a lot of people's lists, right? Like a lot of people want to spend the time in Quartzsite and a lot of people want to do the, you know, this or that. And Balloon Fiesta, there's thousands, I don't even know how many, there's a ton of there's RVs here. There yeah, are so many sure. RVs here. Yeah. And this is in the south of the park. And I know there's more like sections of RVing in the all around the park. So. It really is a huge destination for RVers. So in case you're wondering, like, why are you just talking about chasing balloons? Well, look, as an RVer, you could come here and you could stay in the campground and you can see Balloon Fiesta. And if you want to, you can join a crew. Last year, I think we talked to Jason Epperson and he was on a crew. He actually got to go up in a balloon so fun. because of being part of that crew. So that's what's interesting to me is this is just something you can 
just do. Yeah, and honestly, when we, not we landed, when the pilot landed and we were on the, that recovery or the chase crew, they call it, there was people in the neighborhood that just came out to help us just to get the balloon, to do anything we needed. So it was really fun because anybody can be part of that chase crew. They just need to either be on the crew or just be where it lands. And then the pilots often right. won't accept help when right. they're landing. Cause it's, it's a lot, you got to catch the envelope and then you have to like, you know, help the pilots get out and everybody. And so it's, it's, it's kind of a big job. So kind of the more the merrier is what our crew said. Sure. What's the process of, do you see the balloon up in the sky and chase it around until <laughs> you, it lands? Yes, generally. So this was my very first chase. So I didn't really have any expectation on what they were going to do. All they told me is we're going to get in the trucks and we're going to chase them. I'm like, okay, we're going to chase them. Well, the wind is changing. So a lot of times what happens is the pilots, as they get closer to the ground, they're not only looking for an open field or parking lot to land in, but the wind at the surface may be different than up at altitude. So even from other areas of aviation, like fixed wing or you know general aviation, ballooning, you don't have control of like your power really. You have, you know, the flame that adds right. up. You can go up and down, but as far as like left and right, you don't have any control. So it's not like they're gonna land on the runway. They're gonna land wherever the wind blows them. So if the pilot gets down, like you'll see in that chase video on my BG Barnstormer Instagram, you will see like, okay, we think they're gonna land here in this park. Well, guess what? The pilot kind of got a little lower and he's like, nope, the wind's blowing me off. I'm not gonna be able to make the landing safely. So then he fired up, I guess they call it the engine or the burners, I guess. They went back up in the air and then we chased them another, I don't know, mile or two further down when the wind blew them over to, it ended up being at the post office. Huh. Spoiler alert, they landed at the post office. <laughs> and as a friend said, they delivered the package. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. And so really the cool thing about it is you have an idea of, okay, we're probably gonna go south or north or east or west, but you don't know exactly where you're gonna land. And from what I understand in the ballooning world, that's kind of the thrill of the hunt. The crew is like, we may get to go through the sand dunes today, or we might get to go through some small neighborhood and meet everybody because we're picking up a balloon that's landed on their streets. Right? I mean, I've yeah. seen the balloons landing all over here in, in New Mexico, well, in the Albuquerque area. They've flown over our house. I've seen them land at fast food places. It's kind of interesting. So it's sort of any port in the storm, as it were. Right. That's yeah. flat. I mean, you don't want too many cacti to pop the <laughs> no. envelope. Right. That would be a bummer. Yeah. Yeah. So that's actually something we've learned is that we can go to one of the local chambers and get an X. And they have, oh. a, they have a program called X, Mar X Marks the Spot. And if you put that X down, they know that you welcome them. Bienvenidos. Yeah. Oh, that's like, interesting. We welcome you to land here. Nice. And we just wanted to do it because the thrill of like having a balloon land on our property. But yeah. then I guess this program, if you allow them to land, then the pilot has a little entry card and you fill out and give it back to them and then you enter cool. into a drawing. That's fantastic. Which like, that's just a bonus to the fact that I wanted right. to do this anyway. Yeah. So that's, that's awesome. our next stop is to go over to the Chamber of Commerce and get one of those X's so, so we can put awesome. it in our yard. And we're yeah. hoping that a balloon will land with <laughs> Yeah, an X in, on a runway means you can't land there. So that's interesting. Interesting. Well, right. And so uh. I've heard kind of different things from different people. Like someone told me to put a red X and I thought, well, red X, that does not sound welcoming. <laughs> <Right? laughs> Maybe it's like pirates, X marks the spot. That's where all the Right, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so I guess they know that, you know, if you see a big white X, Maybe it's a plus. Yeah. Maybe it's not maybe yeah, it's the next. Maybe, maybe it's a maybe plus. It's I haven't really yeah. seen one. Yeah. So. <laughs> you have to report back after you yeah, go to the chamber. For sure. So now as somebody who has flown in fixed wing aircraft where there is a lot of control, would you go up in a balloon? Absolutely. Okay. I cannot wait. I'm going to be honest. I am a little nervous and excited. I've been told it's like an elevator going up quickly and down quickly. That does make me a little nervous because, again, the whole lack of control right. thing. But at the same time, pilots, for the most part, know what they're doing. They are at the mercy of the wind, which is out of their control. But also, the guy that has been flying with us, his name is Jim. And he took up our kids this week as well. Oh, cool. And two of them have gone up. The third one was supposed to go up today, but the weather wasn't ideal. No. Yeah. But both of them came back because they've flown with my husband and I for a long time. My children have, but never in a balloon because we're not balloon pilots. And they both were like, it's so peaceful. It's just calm. It's very nice up there. I'm like, okay, yeah. So just the up and the down. I'm, I'm a little nervous about that. I'm not going to lie. But <laughs> I am excited because I feel like every time 
you learn or have a new experience, it changes your perspective. And I'm a big person, if you follow me on Instagram, I'm big about perspective. And I think that it's gonna give me a lot of just opportunity to think about the world in a different way. Because in an airplane, you have the hum of the engine, you have the control, but from what I understand about balloons, you're not gonna have the hum of the engine. That's kind of like the heartbeat of the airplane. It's just silent. And so I think that's gonna be really interesting to experience. And I think it's also gonna be very peaceful. That's what I'm hopeful anyway. Something that I've also heard is because it's so silent, it doesn't scare away wildlife. So if you're floating over an area where there's wildlife, like they're not gonna run away from the noise. Oh, that's interesting. So you might get to like, see some wildlife doing what they're gonna do when they're not interrupted or watched. That would be really cool. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I think too, especially because like the other day when my son, the chase that I was on, um, they did a low flight, they actually dropped a passenger off, took back off, and then landed at a different location. Oh, And geez. the whole concept of that, I had no idea that's what that was happening because I was on the chase cruise, so I'm just like watching this balloon. We lost track of it for a little bit. I don't know how you lose a balloon in the air, but apparently because they had done what they call a touch and go, they had dropped down, touched the ground, dropped some people off, picked somebody else up, hopped back no up in the air. No wonder you couldn't no see them No wonder I couldn't find them. I'm like, wow. how do you lose a balloon? <laughs> it's because they were doing a touch and go and they had dropped below where we could see them because our perspective was lower at the same angle, yeah. and so I couldn't see them. But then the cool part was, is once they hopped back up, the pilot, you know, obviously was looking for a different place to go, but as the winds changed, you know, he could go up or down, but had yeah. no control over direction. Right. So thinking about like the wildlife and going with the wind, that would be a really cool thing to experience is yeah. flying with the birds yeah. in a different different way. Interesting. So you don't have like walkie talkies between you and the pilot saying, hey, I'm getting, I'm blowing west. Apparently normally they do, but somehow my, the guy that I was with didn't either get one or somehow missed one or something. Oh, okay. So normally apparently they do, but okay. that day we didn't. So, so you it was some idea. Extra exciting. <laughs> I had no idea what to expect, and he's like, normally I have my walkie-talkie, but he didn't have it for whatever reason. Okay. So, yeah. Interesting. It was like the good old days before walkie-talkies. Right. (laughs) Right. That's when you had to use two tin cans and a string. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Don't go farther than the string. (laughs) Well, and you know, the thing that maybe I didn't expect about it is somebody told me, they said, yeah, sure, flying is fun, but a lot of people really enjoy the chase, the thrill of the hunt. And to me, I thought, is it really that fun? You watch the balloon go through the air, they're gonna land somewhere, you go pick it up. But what is exciting about it that I didn't anticipate is you don't know exactly when they're gonna drop down. So if, again, looking at that video, you see them at the park and it's like, oh my gosh, this field is beautiful. It's like a baseball type field, it's really big. Perfect spot, the pilot got down there and then you hear him firing that burner and right back up in the air. And we're like, where are you going now, Jim? And it was interesting, because at one point, the guy that I was with, Ben, he was like, hey, Jim, just land in my truck. And I'm like, that would be so cool. We did not land in the truck, but that would have been really cool. When you land, it's a huge endeavor to pack that thing up too, right? I mean, well, yes and no. And that's why, you know, people, wherever they land, if you see a balloon landing, ask if you can help. A lot of times they're like, yes, absolutely. Because we probably had, I'm going to say at least a dozen people. I didn't count that day. But what's cool is the envelope is that big balloon type part. I'm yeah, learning all of my right, you know, right. balloon terms. But the envelope's the big, you know, the big balloon part. And they have these like, ours was like Velcro straps, kind of like a belt. And there was probably a dozen straps. So what the crew does is they, you know, they get the basket on the ground, they get the air out, they start to strap up that envelope. And so what's really helpful is if you have extra hands, especially like kids or adults, any age really, they can say, hey, here, take this. And then what they do is they start at the, I don't know, the very beginning of the balloon where the air would go in and they kind of siphon off so that the air can't get in so that that balloon would deflate. Oh, right. And then they start to kind of cinch it down and every, you know, couple, two, three, five feet, they're putting one of these little belts on. And so what's nice is you have people kind of sucking out that air, kind of like a straw almost you're sucking out the air and then they belt up the balloon to it's like almost like a big long snake once it's in this like snake belted format i'm sure they have a very technical term for this which (laughs) i clearly do not know but once all the air is out then they kind of did this little train and everybody picked it up where these little you know velcro belts were and then they have this way of putting it in the bag so Uh having extra help is so nice because you know if it's only two or three or four people that's a lot of work but if you have a dozen people it's like you know 
less work for everybody. It's so. pretty huge. I mean, it, it is, yeah. when once it's on the ground, you look at it and it's like, wow, that thing is gigantic. And so they really need enough space, not just the, the size of a basket, but they need enough space to lay that whole envelope down sure. on the ground so that they can deflate it and strap it down right. and strap it up. Absolutely. Sneak and then it. they have their trailers that they load it into. So the, yeah. they have, I don't know what they call it, like the balloon bag where the envelope goes in the hot air balloon part of it, you know, the, that gets the air. And they put that in like a big bag. It looks like a big bean bag when it's all in there. Huh. And then they also have the basket part. So they load this big bean bag balloon envelope situation into their trailer with the basket and then whatever other pieces and parts they have. Huh. And so, you know, I'm a smaller person and so lifting up the basket on my own would be hard, but with three or four people, it's just like a big sled and you shove it in there and you know, huh. it's a lot less work. So really encouraging people if they see a balloon, yeah, absolutely. If you know, always ask the crew to say, Hey, what can we do to help? And then, you know, wait for that direction and, and do whatever they tell you. Cause more, more than likely they're going to be very happy to have extra help. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. How cool. So obviously you would recommend this to people who are RVers and also balloon enthusiasts as just a must-do life experience. Absolutely. This is actually our 50th state that we've traveled in the last oh, wow. years. And this was a fantastic way to end, if you will, our, you know, adventures. Not that we're ending them. We're still continuing right, right, them. But, but to get to Fiesta, your 50th state on the 50th year. On the 50th Fiesta. year. That was not yeah. good, but That was awesome. But really, whether you're an RVer, a balloon enthusiast or not, it's just a really great experience. And I think the thing that really struck me always about aviation is that it's a very open community. They really love having help. They love people. They love sharing their passion. But I've heard that there's a lot of balloonists that are going to be retiring and mm. they're concerned about who's going to replace them. And so I think just having the exposure to come and experience it kind of literally, no pun intended, lights the fire within you. Oh. <laughs> also, also pun intended. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> but man. Also, it's just a really great experience because in aviation, I never realized that I could be a pilot because I didn't know anybody that was a female pilot. And so when I got into aviation, then I realized, oh my gosh, there's a lot of people that are, I just had never had the exposure. So whether you're in RVing or not, I think it's just a really great exposure opportunity because I believe experiences help you to realize like what your inner like wants are in life. And when you realize that, oh my gosh, I could do this for fun, a hobby. I could have, you know, friends that are in this community. I could just be part of the chase crew. I just think there's so many opportunities, whether you actually want to be a balloon pilot or you just love the thrill of the hunt and you just want to help. Like it's a really great community to be part of. Yeah. And you don't need any special training to be no on the training. chase so no if you're here I'm, yep. i bet you they're itching for volunteers right. yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 i haven't yet met anybody on field who said no please leave me alone everybody's <laughs> been like yes please help yeah. or, and, and most of the time if they don't need help from what i understand it's just because you know they might need it done a certain way or they have certain rules with a company or something but for the most part everybody that i've met has said yes please come and help me Great. So they're very, very open about having help. And they want, like kids especially, because they want to share their love with the next generation and encourage people to get yes. involved. Yeah. And I think that's so important, because we've got three kids ages 8 through 12, and all of the children, like, literally had no idea what to expect. We didn't know what to expect. But our um, crew said, well, you can come, but you got to bring the kids, because we believe... That's cool. We <laughs> believe in sharing this with the children, and we want them to see that it's something that they can do, not just to sit on the sidelines. Which wow. I think is really cool. Great. That's fantastic. So definitely a family-friendly environment here. Absolutely. Well, we're in the full-time families camp. Yes. Right. Yes. So if you hear kids and week. stuff, that's, <laughs> if you are a full-time family and you don't already know, they have a, a, I don't know if it's designated by the balloon people or if everybody in the group just makes sure that they get the same site numbers or something, but this whole section yeah. of the campground is all full-time families. Yeah. And it is a special like sign-up. So the full-time families has this event hosted at the Balloon Fiesta. Ah, okay. And so you have to sign, sign up, up for a spot them. with them from what right. I understand. Okay. And the best part is, is we have 50 families here on site that we truly had never met before we showed up. And so our kids obviously are ages from zero all the way up to teens. And a lot of people don't understand that like on the road, we have a lot of friends because there are other full-time families right. that are doing this. Right. And they think that me and my family are doing something so unique, but I'm like, but you haven't met all of our other friends who've been doing this for five years, 10 years or more. Right. Yeah. The lifestyle is very, um, I'm gonna say the word addictive in a sense that, you know, you have this experience, you understand not only the um, country in a different way, but also the children see the world in a different way. Mm -hmm. We've learned about water conservation and wind energy and all of these things that truly, even being from Kansas originally, yeah, we saw windmills, but we didn't understand, you know, 
everything that went into the windmill and everything that went into developing that and everything from creating it to the moment that they're decommissioning it. And mm -hmm. so you're getting to experience the world in a different way. And people in this community just get that and they understand that yeah. it is not just like a field trip every day. It's like a way of life that you get to experience the world and then you get to dream in a different way than you would in you know, a stationary life. And don't get me wrong, we've had some stationary living and it has been fantastic. But this is definitely not the life I thought we were setting out for almost 15 years ago when we got married, but I also wouldn't change this journey because it has been an absolutely incredible endeavor all along the way. That is awesome. so cool. Well, thank you so much for sharing your time with us and your experience. So we'll share pictures and happy ballooning. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate you guys. It was a pleasure. Awesome. See you soon. You bet. We are speaking to Adele Woodruff. She is a balloon pilot, and she also is a sister on the fly. So we have talked about sisters on the fly before, and we're lucky enough to have a sister on the fly who's a balloon pilot who had a couple minutes to talk to us. It's a very, very busy schedule during Balloon Fiesta. Well, I would imagine the schedule has a lot of ups and downs. Oh, I guess it might. <laughs> This year, it does because of the rain. Well, that's very true, yeah. So how did you get into becoming a balloon pilot? What drew you to such an unusual and awesome, I guess, hobby? Well, years ago, 30-plus years ago, 31, my daughter met the new kid in school, and it turns out that her mother was recently divorced and got the balloon in the settlement because that was the one thing he wanted. Wow. And uh, <laughs> she moved to Albuquerque and started taking lessons and she was looking for crew. And so I went out and I crewed for her. That's what got me started in ballooning. But what was really great about it is, you know, I was a single mom and it was something that didn't cost a lot of money to get into. I just had to show up and be willing to work. <laughs> but it was something where you could go with the kids and you would be welcome or you could go without the kids and still be welcome. And, you know, back in the mid 80s, there weren't a lot of activities where you could they were either kid friendly or they weren't. Right, right. And then it just I started making such, you know, wonderful friends that, you know, I still see them every year at Fiesta. This is my 30th Fiesta. Wow. My 20th year flying. But I've been a pilot for 23 years. I took a couple of years off for some health reasons. Okay. Is the Albuquerque Fiesta, is that the only place that you fly, or do you travel oh, all gosh, over? No. Okay. Oh, gosh, no. When I first started flying, I went to all of the different rallies all over the state of New Mexico, and I've flown in New Mexico, Colorado, Arizona, Texas, Utah, Nevada, and Wisconsin. Wow. wow. Oh, and Oklahoma. <laughs> and Oklahoma. <laughs> and then as a sister on the fly, you're also an RVer. I am. I have a 1963 vintage trailer. I'm very active in the sisters. I do a lot of hostess for a lot of the different events and stuff. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> How awesome. Wow. So is there a lot of training involved in getting your license? Yes. So first of all, you have to have 10 hours of in-flight training. Mm -hmm. And then you also have to pass an FAA exam with a you know pretty decent score. And then you go through a one-hour verbal exam by your designated examiner to make sure that you know you know all of the rules and regs and different things like that. And then you um, actually fly with an examiner for an hour. And then if you get him on the ground and he doesn't have a heart attack, then he, he, <laughs> he'll give you your ticket. You know, otherwise you go, otherwise you go back to square one. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's so awesome. Ten hours is the legal minimum, but a lot of pilots take a little longer because... If you're going to put somebody else in your basket, you want to make sure that you're going to be safe. You're not going to hurt yourself or them. Right. And so the, the average is about 30 hours before most pilots feel comfortable enough to take their test. Okay. But Great. 10 is the legal minimum. Okay. In addition to Balloon Fiesta, do you also just take the balloon out and go fly for fun a lot? Oh, yeah. Year round. Year round. Last weekend, we had 
I have a friend, and he said when he got his ticket, he would take her up and her family for a ride. Well, it turns out that her family was 28 people. Oh, <laughs> wow. There was no way we could get everybody up, and a lot of them were just, you know, little kids and stuff like that. So we decided that we would tether the balloons. And so he and I tethered the balloons. We got all 28 of them up. <laughs> Some of them more than once or twice. <laughs> and then afterwards, they pulled out, you know, they dug a little hole and put out a little grate and made hamburgers and hot dogs and fry bread. And it was just, oh, wow. it was awesome. All these little kids running around with watermelon on their mouths. <laughs> <laughs> you had your own little fiesta. <laughs> it was. It was. It's a lot of fun. Well, I always say, you know, ballooning is just the excuse for the tailgate party afterwards. Right? Oh, oh, maybe I should get into it. <laughs> there you go. So today we went to the local Chamber of Commerce and got our big white X's so that if you are in the Rio Rancho area and looking for a place to land, we'd be honored if you choose us. Yeah, we'll have coffee. <laughs> Oh, that works. (laughs) Now, I'd love to. Going out to Rio Rancho is one of my favorite flights because then you get to fly over the river and do a little splash and dash or dunk and drown, depending on how hard you hit. (laughs) Wow, that sounds great. (laughs) Yeah, but it looks like everything's going to be going south. Yeah. Well, that's okay. I mean, we'll call in and see what we can pull off for the weather people, but I don't know. Okay. Okay. Cross your fingers. Do a non-rain dance. Yeah. Yeah. So apparently (laughs) like one of the appeals of ballooning in Albuquerque, one of the reasons so many people come here is for something they call the box effect. Have you seen that this year? We had one on Sunday. There was a little bit of a box. Today there was sort of one, but basically what it is is you catch the drainage winds and they take you south and then when you you go up way up higher and then you can head on north and then drop back down and go south okay yeah just the drainage and the prevailing winds sometimes it's here sometimes it's not (laughs) just depends but that's the only way to get north and south it's not like you have a propeller or any other way you just ride the winds Oh, yeah, we're flying seven stories of nylon with a barbecue. (laughs) (laughs) We've tried the breaststroke to get it to go different ways. That doesn't work. (laughs) There is one balloon out there that does have a steering wheel, but it's not very functional. Oh, yeah, I can imagine. So, yeah, I mean, from what I understand, it's basically you're sort of at the mercy of the winds and the knowledge of which way the wind is blowing. Oh, yeah. We, we know more about the weather than most of the weathermen on TV. I bet. Well, that doesn't it's, surprise it's critical. me. Yeah, their lives don't depend on it. Well, I always figure the weatherman on TV is a, is somebody with a dartboard and a shot glass. <laughs> really? Really? You know, but that's one of the one of the main things is, you know, you check the weather three days, you check the weather the night before, you check the weather before you go out and then you go out and you kick dirt and you put out a pie ball and you make your decision. And, you know, if it's a good day, you fly. And if it isn't a good day, then you fly the cooler. There you go. (laughs) You always fly something. Party. <laughs> I'm starting to clue in that this might be something I'm real interested yeah, in. Yeah, I'm glad we moved nearby. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, some pilots are not as fun as me, but some are. Well, I, then I'm going to put you at the top of my list to learn more about and get to know better. Yeah, for sure. Maybe we can crew or something. Yes. I have a couple of YouTube videos. Uh, one of the other sisters came out and she stayed at my curb. And um, she wanted to do a tour of my trailer. So I gave her a tour of my trailer and she recorded it. And then she went out for a a balloon flight the next day. So if you want, I can go ahead and text you the links and you can check them out. We'll absolutely share those. See my trailer and kind of see what a, a flight and stuff is like. That would be terrific. It sounds like you're you're enjoying it and having a great time. And I guess that's kind of what it's all about. Right. Yeah. Well, I was diagnosed with stage four metastatic cancer last Christmas. Oh, and, wow. And I'm 70 years old. Only. <laughs> Only. <laughs> and so right now I am going for quality, not quantity. And everybody tells me I do more at my age with my health issues than a lot of healthy people half my age. Right. And I intend to keep that up. Excellent. That is I, yeah, good. I can hear in the sound of your voice. Just, yes. it just You just make me smile just talking right, to you Right, right. Oh, 
well, thank you. And, you know, I'm really lucky because I have I have crew members that have been with me. I crewed with them for other pilots, and then when I became a pilot, they came with me, and they've been with me, you know, 18, 23 years. I wow. still have the same crew members. So that kind of has to say something. Sure, yeah. that sounds good. They know that I'm safety first. And then, and but it's got to be fun. If it's not safe and it's not fun, then I might as well just stay home. Yep. <laughs> now, I understand that if somebody just goes to the balloon fiesta, there's a chance that I guess a lot of people are always looking for help on the ground. Yes, always. So one of the other pilots that is a good friend of mine, he found a couple. It was just an older couple that was just wandering around. And he asked him if they wanted to help. You know, he taught him how to help with the balloon, gave them a ride, landed, accidentally tore his balloon, and then they got a free trip to the repair station. Oh, gosh. So it was a good day. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I won't mention any names, though. Okay. Yeah, sounds good. <laughs> Adele, we certainly appreciate you taking some time. I know that this is a really busy week for pilots, and I'm saving your number because we're going to talk when you're not so busy, because now with Sisters on the Fly and I'm a new New Mexico member, oh. <laughs> oh. I definitely need to get in on some of your other events in addition to ballooning. Yeah. Oh, heavens, yes. If you talk to any of the Albuquerque, New Mexico girls, they all know me and they know my events. So you'll have to come to one. Yes, definitely. Yeah, unfortunately, a week ago we sold our 1970 aristocrat, but that doesn't mean we're not shopping for another right, vintage. Right, right, exactly. Oh, okay, so I got a 76 wilderness, you know, I collect trailers, so <laughs> I have a 76 wilderness that's going to be for sale here pretty quick. Okay, huh. well, keep that in mind. <laughs> well, the very best to you, Adele. Thank you so much for sharing your adventure with us. We'll look up and, and hope we see you. Yeah, definitely. And I know that there are pictures that I will, with your permission, steal from Facebook and we'll get some notes on our notes about you. Sure. That works okay. for me. Great. <laughs> Keep in touch. <laughs> yeah, you as well. And thank you so much. Thank you much. again. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, what'd you think of that? We're not just full of hot air all by ourselves, are we? I want to get out there and find a crew. Yeah, that would be Because I do want a chance to go up. Oh, absolutely. Peggy is <laughs> Peggy is itching to go up. Me, not so much because I don't like heights, but that's okay. So one of the things that we have been big fans of also is the Airstream Life Store. And it's not the Airstream Life Store anymore. Oh, no. no. Oh, no, wait. That's not bad. No. Now it's called Air Gear. What they are is products that the team at Airstream Life or Airgear have vetted. They're all really terrific products and you can get them through our link on our website on the discounts and deals page. Right. The reason that it's, I think that they've changed their name. I mean, they didn't discuss this with me, but I can kind of make a guess. Airstream Life store, people will say, well, I don't have an Airstream. There's no point in me shopping there. But really, a water hose is a water hose and a rug is a rug. And so just because it's sold on their store doesn't mean it's specifically for an Airstream. And some people, I think, were not turned off by the name, but they thought that they shouldn't go there. And so now it's called Air Gear. It's a little more inclusive so that you know that you should go there. And really, you should go there. There are some terrific products there that we love. We have bought a number of products from the now Airgear store, and we're just very pleased with them. Very high quality and vetted products. Like I say, they make sure the stuff is good before they list it. So we are back on our diets. Yeah. So we, well, no, we don't say the word diet. (laughs) We're not on a diet. We have been since the beginning of the year, sort of following a plan. Not always very well, but sort of. (laughs) We always acknowledge when we're not following it. So at least there's that mindset. But we are at the beginning of a new six-week challenge, and we are really, really, really cutting back on our carbs. And so the other day, we made risotto, but we made it with cauliflower rice. It was really good. Riced cauliflower. I don't know if you know about that, but I'll get a recipe ready so it'll be up by the time you <laughs> well, looking yeah, for we it. made this risotto and then peggy also made a shrimp like a 
cream sauce. Oh, it was good. Yeah. So oh my gosh. the other thing that happened this week is that it was the anniversary of our very first date. Yep. And on our first date, we ate Cajun food. So every year we eat Cajun food for our date anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> and this year, because, you know, if you go to a Cajun restaurant, you're going to get rice and beans almost yeah. always. And Red we didn't beans want. Beans and rice and <laughs> That's right. And we don't want to be tempted by those things. So we decided to stay home and make our own. So we had andouille sausage and shrimp. And Tony cooked those up beautifully. Yeah. We had a nice, beautiful, creamy sauce and we had the risotto and it was very satisfying and very delicious and we had our cajun moment <laughs> we had our cajun and ate it too that's right and it was our first day of being on the challenge so we didn't want to mess up that <laughs> <No>. quickly <laughs> well speaking of cooking mm-hmm. that's this week's gadget sort of some of you are going to go dude that's a cheat but i don't care i bought Well, when we left California, Peggy encouraged me to sell my beloved barbecue and my beloved smoker, which made perfect sense. I mean, hauling those things here wouldn't have made sense. What I told him was if he he was willing to sell both of those in our old house, that he could get whichever one he wanted when we got here yeah that's, and so he did. did and what i bought after looking around was a rec 340 and the reason i chose that i like the technology of the rec quite a bit it bluetooths to your phone as many of those pellet smokers do it seems really well made better made than some the reviews are really solid but this 340 very specifically is on legs that fold up and you can roll this thing right into the back of a pickup truck Uh, one person can easily do it it is not a big smoker at all right then we tested it with said cajun food (laughs) and uh, we tested it using our jackery to power the thing so the way these if you're not familiar with the pellet smokers they do require power because they heat up like a firebox and then dump these compressed wood pellets in and that's what makes the heat and the and the fire and all that stuff we tried it with the jackery because we want to be able to use this completely off the grid and boy it works great we were able to run the whole time tony's done oh he's made he's fried bacon a couple times yeah green chili bacon (laughs) that's good we thought bacon was the best food and then we found out bacon with green chili was the best food and now we found out green chili on bacon in the rec tech is the yeah. best food. <laughs> yeah, I thought you couldn't improve bacon. It just keeps getting better. Yeah, so that's the gadget of the week this week. We will have more coverage of that thing as uh, we sure. go down the, yeah. the road here because things that we've smoked so far have been really good. Yeah. So earlier we mentioned about the rain and it seems that fall has entered at least the Albuquerque area, if not the rest of the country. And so people are perhaps, especially those who have to remain seasonal in their camping plans, might be starting to think about winterizing a little bit. (sighs) So we're no experts on winterizing, but... (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know how we winterize? We leave. We leave. We go somewhere warmer. But what we wanted to encourage people this week is if you're ready to start sort of what I'm calling soft winterizing. Maybe start removing things that you, even if you're camping a few more times this year, maybe you don't need all the things. And so maybe start cleaning out your cabinets, things that you don't need to leave in there all winter. Go ahead and take them out now. And then if you do it little bits at a time, then it's not going to be such a daunting task on the day that it's first snows or whatever. Yeah, that's, that's true. And then one of the things you might, and this is something we did when we parked our trailer for a couple of weeks we prepped it for keeping rodents out and so we'll share if you're on our newsletter list we'll share an article on what we use and thus far it has been highly effective we've been very pleased with this yes very much so i mean coyotes are eating his shoes out on the outside of the camper but (laughs) so get this so the first few weeks we had the house we didn't have the bed yet right it was still in california in storage 
this is in the desert, and right now there are a lot of what I call ouchberries, but what they are is goat heads, and they're really nasty little stickers. So what we have been doing is leaving our shoes outside the camper and then coming in barefoot so we don't drag those nasty things into the camper. Well, one night I hear a lot of coyote activity. We are in the desert after all. Right. And I hear all this coyote activity and the next day I go out, one of my shoes is missing. <laughs> and I'm like, what in the wide, wide world of sports happened to that? And I look and look, and finally I found it under the trailer all chewed up. The coyote ate my shoe. <laughs> At least the dingo didn't eat your baby. That's true. <laughs> oh, dingo ate me baby. <laughs> so anyway, there, right. there you go. That's fun of living in the desert. Hey, you know what we forgot to mention, too, that some of you came to our gathering, our meetup yeah. on October 1st at Cactus Brewery in Al in Bernalillo. And thank you for coming and hanging out with us. And thank you, Border Hookups, for oh, letting was... us be part of your gig night. And thank you, RV Miles, for teaming up with us, too. We had that place hopping all night it long. It was slammed then. It was, oh, the music was great. The company was great. It, it was just such a memorable and wonderful night and we showed those of you who were there our new our that's new right limited you edition gotta, mug. we have when one we talked preview. about that mug you said oh psh, i already know about that well yeah. now it's available on our store that's right so go get yeah. you one that was a fun night that was a great night so we always ask a question of the week on our fun and friendly stressless camping podcast facebook group <sighs> <laughs> so many words yeah this week it was or last week it was do you incorporate your hobbies in your travels and i want to thank tony for putting that super flattering picture of me oh yeah well remember <laughs> last week cream. we <laughs> talked about ice cream and ice cream tasting and yeah. I, I remember that picture and i'm like oh i'm gonna put that yeah and so heidi that place we told you about in fresno that's where we didn't remember but we had done a flight of ice cream yeah anyway wendy I know Wendy camps always with her sewing machine and a lot of her days she just sits and I've camped with her a lot on Cache Creek. And so she sits looking out over the creek and sewing and that is so cool. It's so fantastic. And she said she also looks for fabric stores when she travels. So she hits it both directions. She looks for her hobbies. She looks to support her hobbies where she goes and she does her hobbies wherever she is. Kimberly wants to incorporate crocheting, but she has to relearn it. So you <laughs> get on that, Kimberly. <laughs> Chris, who is after our own heart, stops at local breweries and yeah. sleeps at Harvest House breweries. So that's oh, just right. like what we do. I'm surprised we haven't run into you more often. Well, maybe we have. <laughs> maybe we have. Bill says RVing and working on his trailer are his new hobbies, <laughs> and they're part of all of his travels. And he wants to know if relaxing at a campsite is a hobby because if so that's on his list hey that works for me <laughs> rick just traveled to san diego to go to a baseball game at petco park and that's something that some people do you know go to all the major league baseball parks and actually heidi said that's one of her son's travels as well jason and abby's son is really getting into football and has a very similar oh idea, so his I list think. might be very similar yeah. okay Wendy and her husband love to hike and cook, and those things are best done, she says, when camping. And Kirby's wife makes jewelry, and he fishes and hikes. So Sounds some good. great hobbies that you can do while you're camping or while you're traveling. And thinking about these hobbies and these lists, I thought of a question for this week, and it is, what is on your basket list? basket list i like that i mean if your goal is to go up in a hot air balloon in a basket it'd be your basket list but i guess most people call it bucket list but whatever you want to call it yeah especially if you're coming to the <laughs> balloon fiesta we will be here again next year and we will get a camping spot yeah we will definitely be in camp yeah during the fiesta next year and if that is your list item then come hang out with us yeah. We're looking forward to it. We'll definitely, well, hopefully we'll have meetups before that, but yeah. we'll definitely have them there Yeah, we'll as do well. that again next year because, yeah, boy, was that sure. a blast. Yeah. You know, you can answer the question of the week at our Fun and Friendly Stressless Camping Podcast Facebook group. <sighs> and also, 
did you know we did a once a week newsletter, which is absolutely, totally, and completely free? We have links to stories and videos and podcasts and whatever we think will help you get the most out of your RV experience. Just visit our website and you can sign up for our emails, which we would never share with anybody. No. We only send one email per week. Unless we're doing a giveaway and I am waiting for a return from our giveaway of Heidi's book. Yeah. I haven't heard back yet. Yeah, check your emails, folks, because yeah, uh, you one might of have you gotten won the Heidi's second book. one. <laughs> yeah, that's the only time you'll get more than one email a week. Yes. If you want something, you'll find the show notes for this episode. 171. On the podcast page at stresslesscamping.com. And also, while you're on stresslesscamping.com, don't forget to visit our discounts and deals page for the best deals on the things you'll need for your stressless camping adventure. And if you've got a great deal for our audience, let us know. We are always looking to hook people up of course we're also in all the social places but you can start at stresslesscamping.com and from there jump off to all those places you enjoy being social or (laughs) anti-social and if you don't want to miss a future episode of the stressless camping podcast it's free it's free to subscribe on any podcaster (laughs) app yeah, we're saving you a seat around our virtual campfire. Wow. I made the stupidest <laughs> face. <laughs> also, of course, we don't want to go away without reminding you and asking you and telling you that a review really, really helps us. It helps others find us and that gets more listeners and that way we can entice more fantastic guests. Yep. And of course, Ohio Mike 1965 left a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Thank you, Mike. Saying one of the best podcasts for our viewers. Thank you. That's awesome. Yeah. Once again, thank you for joining us this week. Maybe we'll run into you at the Balloon Fiesta. There's still a few more days uh, left. And whether we do or not, we hope you are enjoying Happy Camping. We hope you learned a lot and had some fun and got some tips for your next stressless camping adventure. We're honored by your reviews on Apple Podcasts, which helps others find us too. Don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss out on the adventure. And we look forward to your joining us next week. Until then, happy camping. Oh, yeah, we're flying seven stories of nylon with a barbecue.